Hey everybody, welcome out to another fun-filled episode of Burnt Popcorn. I'm your co-host, Mike Laidman, and I'm joined with none other than... Laura Laidman. Each and every week, we take a movie from our past, and we have a look back and see if it's just nostalgia keeping our heart crazy, classic films afloat, or if it really is the real deal and worthy of all the adulation. How are you doing, hon? I'm pretty good. How are you? Good. Good. I'm, I'm a little chilly in our cold, cold basement. It is chilly in here. I had to go up and get a sweater before we started recording, because I'm hope. so chilly. A lovely blanket. Well, that's nice. It is a nice blanket. Yeah, I can't stop buying big comfy blankets when I go to places like Winners and Marshalls, which to anyone in the States listening is like TJ Maxx, because I don't think they call them the same thing here, but it's all the same It is the same company, because it's the TJ Maxx card that you get if you have like your points or whatever it is. They don't even get points, it just gives you a longer return. I asked when I was there, I was like, what does this rewards card get me? And she said, a longer return period. That's it? That's what I've been getting you all these points for? There ain't even points exclusive coupons <laughs> apparently mailed to you which i don't think i've ever i don't think yet. we've ever received any mailed coupons no so no not mailed emailed but anyway Either way, what the hell what's the point then what's the point everyone's gotta have a rewards card i guess i don't so. know why they think they need a rewards card it's not like people aren't gonna shop there like have you seen the lines yes i have seen the lines it's pretty crazy so anywho so anywho hey guess what what this is episode 41 41. 41. And you know, remember, do you remember what we did at episode 21? Yeah. We did some stats. Oh boy. You got stats. I got me. some stats for okay. you. Load so uh, this is, this is, our, this is what's been going on in the last 20 episodes. So this is, this is overall stats. So this isn't just the last 20 episodes. This is everything. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I am the most positive still with 55% of my movies, double butter. You have fifty percent of the movies double butter if, choices. But who has? Who's the most negative of the two of us? Me still. <laughs> I feel like I'm middle of the road at a lot. You you have forty percent planes. I have twenty seven percent planes, but I have seventeen percent burnts, and you have ten percent burnts. So I, I throw like, out more burnts than you do. I feel like all your burnts are movies I've picked. <laughs> <laughs> are we adding another to the pile today? Who knows for sure? I don't think we are. That's my prediction. <laughs> That's your prediction. Decades. What decade do you think is the highest decade? 90s. Of course it is. And that's all because of you. 55% of the movies we've done so far take place in the 90s, followed by the 80s with 30%, the 2000s with 10%, and 1970s with 5%. Yeah, well, fair. It's harder to find box office returns and stuff from the 70s and earlier. Fair, but we could also find movies that we liked from back then. And reward winners. Sooner or later, I will make you watch a Star Wars. I don't want to. Too bad. Too bad. Uh, For me, most of my picks come from the 80s, with 50% of my picks coming from the 80s. I'm not shocked. It's so funny that like our age difference is only about seven months. Mm Mm-hmm. But you are so much more of an 80s kid, and I'm so much more of a 90s kid. It's so, it seems so. It seems so. Speaking of which, 70% of your movie picks have come from the 90s. 70%. It's the best decade ever. <laughs> Nothing went wrong in the 90s. That's Nothing the... ever went wrong in the 90s. Fair, though. But, uh, but weirdly, weirdly, most of the 2000 picks have come from me. Yeah, I feel like you're also sort of like... An early 2000s millennial nostalgia person? Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. There's a lot of fun movies in that period of time. There is. There is. I agree. Technically, we only have really one major 
year from the 2000s that we can work with. And that's just the 2000s. Well, I mean, we can do 2001. 2000 some of 2001. Some of 2001. We're about halfway through the year at this point. Yep. How about some fun, fun facts? Because these have happened since the last time we did one of these things. Okay. So this is just fun. The only episode to have one of each rating. So each, we had, obviously we would have had to have a guest. Yeah. So there was a burnt, a plain, and a double. Oh, can I guess? Go ahead. Never ending story. It was, in fact, the never-ending story. <laughs> the only episode to have all burnt ratings. Guess which episode that was. All burnt. All burnt. So it's just you and me, but everyone, we both. it's the first time we've both picked burnt for a movie. Was it Wayne's World? No. Was it Interview with the Vampire? Interview with the Vampires. Apparently, they're making that into a TV show. Why? <laughs> I know. Snooze. I mean, you know what? It'll probably be much better fleshed out than the movie was. The that's movie was sad. Sure. That's for sure. But that's it. Those are my fun stats. I'll I'll bring up some more stats at around uh, episode 61 because we seem to do these every 20 episodes. So, there you go. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Yeah. So with that out of the way, how about we get into this week's movie? This week's movie, we'll be looking at Pretty Woman, which came out in 1990. Throw another end of the 90 pot. When I was a little girl, I would pretend I was a princess trapped in the tower, and then this knight on a white horse would come charging up and rescue me. Could you tell me how to get to Beverly Hills? Sure, for five bucks. You can't charge me for directions. I can do anything I want to, baby. I ain't lost. Wow. Impressed? You kidding me? I come here all the time. Is this girl? Does she work? She's in sales. Touchstone Pictures presents the story of a date. Isn't a date, it's business. That led to a deal. I have a business proposition for you. I'm going to be in town until Sunday. I'd like you to spend the week with me. <laughs> That's becoming a dream come true. <laughs> Time to shop. You're going to be spending an obscene amount of money in here. So we're going to need a lot more help sucking up to us because that's what we really like. Oh. You understand that? Sir, if I may say so, you're in the right store and the right city, for that matter. They're two people who have no business being together. Everybody is trying to land him. Well, I'm not trying to land him. I'm just using him for sex. Everything was going their way. Well done! Well done! Walk, walk, walk! Until... I don't want you to go. You hurt me. Yes. Don't do it again. Something unexpected happened. Fall in love with him? Did I not teach you anything? Look, I'm not stupid, okay? I'm... I'm not in love with him. I can find you an apartment and get you a car. I want more. I want the fairy tale. I thank you. I'm a very special woman. Touchstone Pictures presents Richard Gere. So what happened after? He climbed up the tower and rescued her. Julia Roberts. She rescues him right back. Pretty woman. Maybe you guys could, like, um, get a house together. Buy some diamonds. Oh! <laughs> Pretty woman. Wow. <laughs> I was like, what song is that supposed to be? I'm not musically inclined. <laughs> Clearly. Okay. You're going to love these. Okay. March 8th, New York City Zodiac Killer shoots his first victim, Mario Orozco. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember the New York Zodiac Killer. Yeah, their own Zodiac Killer. That's right. March 14th, Mikhail Gorbachev becomes president of the Soviet Congress. I know who that is. It's an important one. It is an important one. <laughs> and then 
March 18th. This one's actually pretty important. First free elections in East Germany. Oh, yeah, no, that is. And the conservatives beat the communists. Always good. I guess. I mean, sometimes good. I would say in the context of East Germany. Sometimes good. Yeah, in the context of of East Germany, yes. Always good there. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, hon. World stage. World stage. Hardly knew ye. (laughs) Damn communists. I hate them. Better dead than red. Better Red Dead Redemption 2 than, What's wrong with you? than you. I don't know. I did see a great video where a guy is like screaming about anti-socialism and stuff. And this other guy is saying, you know, basically you're wrong and blah, blah, blah. And then the guy's like, you're a liar. You're a liar. You're a liar. And someone else comes up and they're like, hey, hey, hey. To the guy who knows what socialism is, he goes, what is socialism? And the guy goes, workers control the means of production. And he looks at the guy who who's screaming anti-socialist mm. MAGA shit. Mm-hmm. And he's like dumbfounded. Like just he's no one has ever once before told him what socialism actually is. And you can just see the wheels turning like, wait, I'm a worker. Mm-hmm. I I control the No, 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 no. Yeah, like nah. the wheels turn though, right? It was like his first what was I watching? Oh, I know like, I can't say it because it spoils it. But... Oh. oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway. anyway. Then on March 26th, it's the 62nd Academy Awards and Driving Miss Daisy wins Best Picture with Daniel Day-Lewis and Jessica Chandy winning for their roles. Fancy fun. I've never seen that movie. Me either. So I guess it doesn't qualify because, you know, we don't really know if it holds up in our personal opinions because we don't have an opinion sooner or later we're gonna have to find a way to do movies we've never seen before could be like special episodes yeah but well how are we gonna pull them off like do we just we randomly do drop them it's in our the- podcast we don't really know how we want i know but we got to figure that out Make let's not let's not let's not come up with how we do it while we're recording an episode let's get on to the box office that sounds better to me so I mentioned Driving Miss Daisy as despite being released in December of 1989, mm. making it eligible for the Academy Awards in March 1990, it was the biggest movie at the box office. It took first place at the end of January in its seventh week of release at $5.7 then $6 million the next week, and then lost to Hard to Kill with $9.2 million, then retook with $9.8 million, and then $6.7 million. So that Oscar buzz was worth it. Yeah, apparently so. It was finally, that movie was finally beaten by our previous Burnt Popcorn movie, The Hunt for Red October, mm-hmm. which took $17 million and held for three weeks. And then it was beaten by a plucky little romantic comedy, Pretty Woman, with $11.2 million. A week later, that was beaten by Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles nice. with twenty-five million, nice. and that was number one for four weeks. I know, I understand, because that was a you know a phenomenon. So a turtle phenomenon, yeah, maybe not quite a big a phenomenon, but it's Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> uh, it was beaten by Pretty Woman again in its sixth week of release, which took number one for three weeks in a row. That word of mouth. Yeah, back in the day, you can't do that anymore. No. And that was finally beaten by Bird on a Wire, which I've never seen either, I don't think. All I know is that song. It's like, like a bird on a wire. I don't think that's even in the movie. It might be. Talking about me doing a bad rendition song. Overall, 
all the top movies of the year were Home Alone with 285.7 million, Ghost at 217.6 million, and Dances with Wolves at 184.2 million. Pretty Woman was fourth with 178.4 million and was the highest grossing R-rated film of the year. And as an additional bit of information, mm-hmm. Pretty Woman saw the highest number of ticket sales in the USA ever for a romantic comedy, with Box Office Mojo listing it as the number one romantic comedy by the highest estimated domestic tickets sold at $42,176,400, which is slightly ahead of My Big Fat Greek Wedding from 2002 which is a movie I'd actually want to cover come 2022 with 41,419,500 tickets. So this movie is the biggest romantic comedy of all time. Okay. Well, there you go. That's important. I thought that was actually very fascinating. I yeah. didn't know that. I knew it was one of the most successful. But I didn't realize like nothing has topped it. Apparently not. No, it's a movie. I could see them like they should do like a re-release. Like a, a okay, a re-release, not a remake. No, yeah, no, 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 who in the world could like Richard Gere, whatever, but who in the world could play Vivian? I don't know. There's no one. Jennifer Lawrence five years ago. I like Jennifer Lawrence, but she does not have Julia Roberts. I don't know. Charisma. Uniqueness, nerve and talent. I see. I see. Okay. Anyway. I guess with that out of the way, shall we get into our memories of this film? Let's. I'll go first because I, although this is your pick and you should normally go first, I've never seen this movie before. You haven't seen a lot of romantic comedies. I know, but neither this have is, I though. But this is one that I haven't seen. And going into the movie, I knew that she was a sex worker. I knew that. There, there was the the bit with the box where he closes it, and she's like, "Oh!" oh and then it was ad libbed. I knew yeah. that because okay. I'm pretty sure it was in all the trailers and stuff too. Yeah. But I've seen, I knew that, and I also knew about the she goes shopping, gets turned down, comes <laughs> back, big mistake, big mistake, huge, huge, because because of people like you who just quote that bit or, or like talk about it, like, "Oh my god, that scene in Pretty Woman." That's all I knew about that's this a, movie. That's even quoted in uh, Bob's Burgers. Oh, okay. So that's probably another reason why yeah. I, I know it. Well, like, everyone knows that scene. And because like, I think every woman has that fantasy of one. Well, we were talking to my mom and she said that it was like that scene in Pretty Woman where she went into a store and they wouldn't serve her. And she was like, I wanted to go back there and bitch at them like a pretty like, woman. Big mistake. Yes. Huge. Yes. Yeah, no, that's it. So that's all I knew about this movie going into it. Her shop. They just she wanted to do a shop. Her life is so hard. Mm-hmm. She just wanted a shop. Okay. What middle class white lady has not had that fantasy of just being able just to being able to shop, shop with a with a credit card that doesn't end? Yeah, with yeah. people groveling. Mm-hmm. So anyway, grovel more. Yeah, or whatever it was he said. Yeah, not to me. Anyway. Yeah. This, As for this, you. This like predates by what through 20, 20 years the uh, billionaire fantasy from Fifty Shades. Yeah, I, sure. I, I suppose, but it's a little different in the sense that it's not like small town girl. Hey, Viv is a small town girl. 
Remember, she's from a small town in Georgia. Right. But the circumstances are a little different. I know. But still. Uh, fine. Fine. This is this is the prototype of Fifty Shades of Grey. No, but like the billionaire fantasy. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yes. Because like Edward is super rich. Anyway. Isn't Edward? No, that's the vampire. Is his name Edward in the Fifty Shades of Grey too? No, it's Christian. Oh, Ed, no, sorry. This guy's name is Edward too, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the vampire because Fifty Shades of Grey started out as a vampire fanfic. I thought you were saying the yeah, wrong it, character's name. Not just vampire name. fanfic. It was. A I know fanfic. it was Twilight. It was Twilight. It was Twilight fanfic. Yes. Edward Cullen. That's where I thought you were going with that. And I'm like, no, Edward was the vampire. <laughs> no, Edward's the name of the billionaire in this movie, too. Yes. Sorry. Continue. I can't remember the first time I saw this movie. I'm sure my mom let me watch it some afternoon when it was on TV. Right. It was probably edited for television. And you were way too young. Way too young. And like, it was probably my first introduction to what sex workers were mm -hmm. as a child that or home alone 2 home alone 2 was probably mine either way either way i just know i've seen it a bunch of times i know i haven't seen it in a long time maybe like five or six years but uh i just i know i've watched it before and i know i enjoyed it and i and again i've not seen a ton of romantic comedies and i've seen even fewer that i truly enjoy and like i'm trying to think off the top of my head which one like 13 going on 30 mm -hmm. i like how to lose a guy in 10 days i like this i don't really think there's any other romantic comedies that i'd like watch again there's a couple i like like what uh run fat boy want run was one i liked okay that is a romantic comedy for men and i would say yes it's still a romantic comedy absolutely but i would say you're not you it doesn't fit the criteria of what you're looking for you want a girly movie yes and i like run fat boy run but i don't think i'd watch it again isn't david schwimmer in that i haven't seen it in a while yeah. i'm pretty sure he's like the new boyfriend or whatever okay what other ones do you like I don't know. That's the first one that came to life. It's not really my genre is the main thing I'm trying to say yes, here. It's okay. Like, I have nothing against romantic comedies. It's just when I'm sitting down to watch a movie that like I'm like, oh, what's going to put me in a good mood? It actually isn't romantic comedies. I find a lot of them very problematic. Even the ones I do enjoy, like How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days is exceptionally problematic. Isn't How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days a Shakespeare play? I don't know. Or am I thinking, no, I'm thinking of uh, 10, 10 Things, things I, I Hate About You. That is Taming of the Shrew. That's what I'm thinking about. I like that one too, but that's a high school romantic comedy. I always and confuse that's those. different. I already, I, yeah, because it's 10. That's why I always confuse them. Yeah. No, 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 that's a different realm of romantic comedy. That is 90s teen mm -hmm. romantic comedy, or I guess early 2000s. Doesn't matter. That's, that's, that's teen romance. It's teen romance, not yeah. romantic comedy. Exactly. Different. So they are different. different. They're different. It's very important distinction. It is. So on that note, I know I've seen it a bunch of times. I remember I like it. But that was the thing going in. It's like, I knew I wasn't going to give this movie a burn. But it comes down to, do I like it enough to give it a double? And we'll find out at the end of the episode. Right. Shall we discuss the film? Yes, let's get into the film. And this is going to be interesting because I'm looking at my notes and... I should have taken much better notes about this movie. <laughs> but this is why we can't go so long between watching them and recording them. This is true. We needed to be a little more fresh. But I will say right off the bat, 
then this is this is me being positive right out of the bat. Right at the beginning, there's this this scene where Edward he's at a party and he's talking to an ex girlfriend. Yeah, and he makes the comment after because this is after right after he's been he's been broken up, and he makes the comment to her, "Did you talk to my secretary more than than you did me?" And her response is, "She was one of my bridesmaids." I really liked that. Yeah. I thought that was very clever. Yeah, it's a really good touch. That oh yeah, we we became really good friends, and cause yeah. I only talked to her and not you because mm-hmm. like it's and it it not only does it set up a good joke, mm-hmm. but it does set up he has a long history of being just too busy for any real kind of romance mm-hmm. and it not even for a sense of like, cause he just broke up this girl, I think Jessica. And I forgot about that at the beginning of the film. I completely you forgot that he had a, a totally for, I, I didn't remember if he was married or not when we went into watching it. Then he used to be married. He has an ex-wife. Yes. But it really sets up that, this wasn't just one girlfriend he wasn't good with talking with. This is every relationship he's ever had. He's just bad at communicating, bad at talking to people. And he all he does is work. First, yeah. Work, 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 work. All he does, work, 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 work. Okay, work, come work. on. Focus. We're not a musical podcast. Not yet. <laughs> so one of us picks a musical. But no, and then, <laughs> so he decides he's leaving this party and Jason Alexander's is there. Alexander. Oh, yeah. Is there? I didn't know he was in this movie. So oh, that was, that was, that was a fun surprise. Though. That was a fun surprise that became an unpleasant surprise later. Yeah, he's a dick. Well, not even that he's a dick. That he also like attempts to rape her. Yeah, he's a dick. He's a bad person. He's no lovable George Costanza. No goof. He's a bad guy. Yeah, no serenity now for that guy. And that's the and I think because when did Seinfeld premiere? Oh, I don't know. I I really don't know Seinfeld. Me like, either. I would not really like to sit down and watch it as like a series. But anyway, he's not even looking at him like uh, who he is. Like even if you didn't know who he was. Yeah, because Seinfeld had just premiered the year before. Mm-hmm. So and it was one of those sitcoms that took a while ago. But even if you knew who he was going in, I feel like most people would see, you know, him and be like, you know, he's a lovable goofball. He's kind of a loser-esque mm-hmm. a little you know self-sabotaging no he's a bad dude he's and bad it was kind of one of those things when he showed back up on screen i knew he was in it but then it just hit me all of a sudden it's like oh right he's a real shit and then i was like mike's never seen this nope this might be fun to watch unfold to watch him to me to be like what the hell as but the movie even continues knowing that going in it was quite nice when you see edward be like taking your car and takes off with his Lotus Spree and because those ain't cheap. And uh, it all, was one of those things. And I Google it was the first time I truly like got it in the sense of getting because he gets lost and he can't drive standard. Yes. Because he just dry, gets driven everywhere. He doesn't drive. He gets uh, driven around in a limo every day, everywhere that he, since he was 16. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's driving around and he's terrible at it. And that's when we meet Vim, who's going out for a night to work on the street sets it up very early that she's new to the game and this isn't you know something she's been doing for 30 40 years but i'd hope that she wasn't like 30 40 yeah (laughs) okay three or four years this Mm. is still new to her so anyway they meet on the street when she thinks he's pulled over to get a date yes and she walks over and he's trying to fit very 
it is i found it very funny he's like literally sex workers walking up she's got a neat like thigh high boots on and she's like you looking for you know a date and he's like one two three trying to figure out the stick shifts yeah yeah and he's like lost as she, she very smartly she's like give you directions for 10 bucks mm-hmm. like girls out to make her money good for her and then he's like takes her up on the offer well he, but, she needs to make her money because her friend blew all their rent money yeah kid is a bad roommate okay very quickly a quick aside i've never seen this movie before okay when they go to the nightclub and she like complains to her friend about like Kit. Mm-hmm. She complains to Kit about you spent our rent money, and what's the guy's name? Carlos. Yes, Carlos. She's like, yeah, Carlos hooked me up. Blah 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 blah. I thought Carlos was gonna come back and be like a villain, and like, oh. and like Edward would have to save her from Carlos because he's like, I'm looking for the rest of I my money or something like I that. If I recall correctly, that was originally part of the plot oh really yeah because i oh the original plot is much darker really so okay. you know how okay is this based on a book or something no but the original script oh okay so because it was originally like a, a gritty drama and then um and they made it a comedy they thing. made it a comedy what's the uh the uh, the director's name uh it's um gary marshall, gary marshall who... they commuted it up made it a much better movie but there was a dead sex worker in a trash can at the very beginning at of the, the movie very beginning. where Hank it's, Azaria shows up. And it then a, it was his first speaking role. Was it? Okay. Cause the funny thing was, as I said to you too, while we were watching the movie when it was Hank Azaria, because I knew it was Hank Azaria. My first thought was, Oh, he's coming back later and you never see him again. Carlos does come back in a sense. Well, no, but I mean, Hank Azaria, I, I know, I, but Carlos comes back. Oh, does he? At the very end when Kit's talking to the other girl about becoming her roommate, mm-hmm. she's like, Oh, she oh, does I don't talk have that about much stuff because Carlos bu- burnt all my stuff. Yeah, she did say that about Carlos. Yeah, so there you go. But anyway, one thing I want to mention. No, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait on that. So anyway, he picks up Viv. She's gonna. She lets him, or he lets her drive. But one of the things she says to him is, "I bet this car corners like it's on rails." Yes. And I was like, "What does that even mean?" And I googled it, and the only thing you could find is like, "What does that even mean?" And then later in the movie, not much later, Edward says to Jason Alexander, "I can't remember Stucky, the lawyer." Yeah, your car corners like it's on rails. Yeah, and he's like, "What does that even mean?" Yeah, it's just something Viv said that's stupid that nobody else understands, and that's the joke. It doesn't. It's not supposed to make any sense. Okay, because I. And it's the first time I realized that watching it, it's not an expression. It's just something she says that makes no sense. And everybody else just repeats it because they're like, what? So she's going to take a cab home when they get to the hotel. And he decides, you know what? I'm going to spend the evening with a sex worker. Here's the, Okay. I want to stop here before we go yeah. any further. I, I have no idea why. Because I knew it was a story about a guy... And he falls in love with a sex worker. I don't know why, to me, in my head, that said he never had sex with her, like paid her for sex. Oh, and no, he's that's what that's does. what I that's what my brain was telling me. Yeah. So when they first do it, I was like, oh, so they do do it. And then they do it like four more times. Yeah. Yeah. I was not expecting that. Yeah. And she, she Viv is very on board with safe sex. He catches it in the bathroom, flossing her teeth. He thinks it's drugs. 
yeah like the first night yep. before they have sex like the whole thing and you want to know something fun in that original script vivian did have a cocaine problem mm. she was a big old cokehead in the first draft of the screenplay that's fun they really changed this movie so i i remember that when we were watching it i was like i'm gonna save that to see what you you would think of that because the whole thing is Yes, she is a sex worker, but they really, really, really work hard to present her as it is an old trope. Yeah. It's a very old trope. The whore with a heart, heart the whore with a heart of gold. It's mm-hmm. not a this is not a unique story. No. So she has to be fairly quote unquote pure while still having sex for money, which is something that historically is considered very unpure when really it's still also the world's oldest profession Mm -hmm. so anyway they do a very good job of dancing along the line that even i could picture because this movie is beloved by like 50 year old white women (laughs) like at the time or like still and then and everything in between like literally the biggest romantic comedy of all time right okay so you're but, saying at any point in any at any point yeah. in history, a 50 year old white woman could love this. Movie. Yeah, a, a okay. conservative one. Mm-hmm. So and you think that conservative white women are the ones least forgiving of sex workers, yeah. most likely. And not only is it written well that you're able to somewhere where that would go against your morals, strongly against your morals, you're able to see past it. Mm-hmm. I personally don't care. I think that's great. But Julia Roberts does such a good job in the role, making her sympathetic and charismatic and just vivacious. Mm-hmm. Viv, get it? Yeah. Sorry. That you don't even remember. Once she changes out of that outfit, you don't really remember that she's her profession is not one, especially in the year 1990. This is a crack epidemic that they talk about the the sex worker who was found dead in the dumpster being, in their words, a crack whore. Mm-hmm. This was not a time where being a sex worker would be seen as glamorous in any way, shape, or form. And they do a really good job of making you forget that. Right. And that's that's all. Like, I again, as you can see by the box office returns. It had a very wide audience. So, mm-hmm. anything. And then they do the doot doot. Yes. And he decides that she's the perfect candidate to stay with him for a week, to be on his arm like a girlfriend, so he can just not have to worry about like the actual emotional attachment and work that comes along with the relationship. But we all know they're going to fall in love. Right. We Which- all know. No. Which, like, don't you go falling in love with me? Right. But the the this whole plan, <laughs> like, oh, it's a terrible plan. It's a terrible plan. The way that this guy is is talked about, he's big. He's big news. Blah 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 blah. Who in their right mind, the first time he walked into anywhere with her, wouldn't go? So where'd you meet? Like that's what happens. Like, they, oh, who's that? Where do they come from? Yeah. Especially if he's, like, that important, right? Like, his, Oh, yeah. She would be the hottest of the hot goss. Yeah. Like, he, did he not think? Because, like, 
when Jason Alexander asks where the hell she came from, he's like, oh, no. <laughs> and then he's just like, she's like he never her. thought of this kind of a thing. Well, yeah, but, he's like, she's a hooker. Yeah. But you're right, because all the it's very much seen from the party he was at the beginning of the movie. All these people know each other. The yeah. Social circle is very close knit. And there's no like two ways around that. These are all people who know each other very and they know each other's business very intimately. So this random girl shows up. Everyone's like, who's that? And she immediately gets is the center of attention. Like, cause look at her. She's Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone's paying attention to her. You raise a really good point. His plan is very faulty. Also, Jason Alexander thinks that he should bring a girl with him to his business meeting. But, but why? None of the other guys have someone with them. Like it's like not like old man Malone brought his wife or anything. Like it's just an excuse to have them like do the the witch fork goes away. Yeah, but like there's really no reason for her to be there. Well, that and to fire the escargot across the restaurant. I guess, but still, logistically, her being there and his plan make no sense. Speaking of his plan, yes. So. He offers her originally two thousand. She asked for four thousand for the week. They settle at three thousand. Yes. Do you want to know how much three thousand dollars for a week's worth of work in today's money would be? Lay it on me. Six thousand one hundred and seventy-eight dollars and ninety-two cents. Damn. It's a. It's a lot for for. Plus all those clothes, like you think that's true. All that those clothes she could have sold all those clothes for a lot of money. I'm sure. Yeah, like those clothes. She's shown Rodeo Drive. Like this is where. Well, they show you there's. Gucci and Louis Vuitton and Versace and like all these different stores are all on the stretch and you get your famous shopping scene. But she gets all these clothes. I guarantee you the clothes she bought are worth way more than $3,000 back then. Probably. But that's thing. He brings her to the... He decides to do this and bring her out and about. But like, how does he even know she doesn't chew with her mouth open? Yeah. Like, how does he even know she doesn't like pick her butt while she's out in public? Like, he... He's taking a real chance on this one. Yeah, I know. Just because she wasn't doing drugs the one time he walked in, it doesn't mean she was going to be doing drugs later, right? Well, she just say I don't do drugs, but like how you, you've known this woman for 30 Yeah, minutes. how does she know she's not going to lie, right? Yeah, she could have just been like flossing the coke out of her teeth. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never done coke. I you don't can know. put coke on your teeth. People do that. I know. I don't so get it. So that's how you'd be flossing it out. I don't know. Do you want to know my cocaine story? No. I've never done cocaine. But I was at a party. It was in college. We were, I was with a bunch of guys. And there was a girl who was being yelled at by dudes on the street. And we told that guy to buzz off because he was being a dick. And she's like, you guys seem like you're pretty cool guys. Do you want to come back to me or with me to my friend's house? We're having a house party. And we're like, yeah, sure. Let's go. Like, how many are your friends also women? And she's like, yes. So we were all immediately on board and we all went to this party and they were doing cocaine at the party. And one of them was talking to me and I had no idea. And like it was it was like a cartoon, not a cartoon, but like a, like a comedy, like a TV show or something where like there's cocaine on the table and I didn't notice it was there. And like she's talking to me and I'm talking to her and I'm focused on her because I, you know, I'm in college and it's a girl talking to me. And one of my buddies is like, says something. And I turn to look at him and she does Coke while I'm looking away. <laughs> and then when I look back, she's not doing it anymore. Oh. <laughs> like, and it was like that. And and people are like, we need to go like they're doing Coke here. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about at all. 
I'm going back in that house. And then she did coke right in front of me. And I'm like, I got a plane to catch. And <laughs> That's what I said. My excuse was I had a plane to catch. It anyway. was like four in the morning. There oh was, my God. yeah, it was a college party. We were oh not, my God. it was not a good time. But that's my only cocaine story. Well, so. speaking of people doing things they're not supposed to do, Viv gets a lot of crap from the hotel. Okay. First up. Which, okay, so here's the thing. This is why I was looking at my notes okay. earlier, and you were like, what? I wrote this down wrong. I wrote Princess Bride Guy. I meant Princess Diaries Guy. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that's yeah, that's why guy. I was so confused. It's so Hector, what's his name? I, I don't remember. It's Hector something. All I know is that he's the guy from Princess Diaries, and he does the basically the exact same thing here. Yes. Where he's it's like- It's kind of what he's like typecast as, like yeah. helpful, older gentleman. Mm-hmm. So he shows up, and like I don't know what it is, but I liked the story between him and Viv better than I liked the story between Viv and Edward. Yeah. He, it's such a more interesting story. Well, he originally is very like, What's this whore doing in my hotel? Yeah, he's a hundred percent like, what's this whore doing in my hotel? But and then he like takes her under his wing and but like, okay, can we just I know several people who've worked in hotels uh-huh. over time. I know several people who've worked in some very high class hotels over time, and I guarantee you they are very used to having sex workers come and go. So the this is not that kind of establishment. That is bull crap. They know the girls by name. They come in and keep businessmen like Company. Oh, I'm sure. I'm I'm just sure that he's not used to the the caliber that mm. Vivian is based on how she's dressed. You might be right. I might, yeah, but I'm pretty sure the way they present it is there's there are to be no whores in my hotel. <laughs> but maybe he means no whores, but all the high class escorts you'd like. Yeah, that's fine. He's he's a cool with that. But he realizes that okay, officially she is staying with their most valued client. And that means he sure as shit got to toe the line because this man has a lot of money and a lot of power and a lot of influence. Right. But he goes above and beyond. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. When he actually meets Vivian and gets to know Vivian, he is charmed by her because she is just so charming. See, I was waiting and I was hoping that this is why I was like, this is a more interesting story to me. I was hoping that he was going to turn around and be like, you know, back when I first got to L.A., this is what I did. You know, like not even if he was a sex worker, but just something down on my luck. Yeah. Like like someone offered me a helping hand and that got me to where I am today. Therefore, you know, that's what I I was hoping for, because, again, I found that story way more interesting like i would have watched a whole movie that ended with edward leaving and then barney being like let's work together or something right i would have loved that movie but no he is great he is very compassionate he gets to know her she tries to shop we've talked about the shopping scene of it's course. great it's magic it's uh-huh. perfection okay we can keep going yeah she buys a lot of clothes but he she gets back to the hotel and she's crying because they didn't let her shop yeah and she pulls out this huge wad of cash and he this is when Barney is like, okay, I guess I have to help this lady uh-huh. before he's quite. So he calls, I guess they have a clothing store in the hotel. Yeah, something along those lines. They have it because like they have like preferred, they'll have deals. Like hotels have deals with, with places. Makes sense. And because, because inevitably somebody from out of town comes to your hotel mm. and says, Hey buddy, I need a suit 
what do I, I go? Class escort. Yeah. <laughs> what, where, where do I go? And then he'll be like, oh, well, we have a partnership with uh, blah, blah, blah. And True. Send, you he know. sends her to this woman, Bridget. And Bridget, he's like, this is Mr. Lewis's niece. niece. And she, she, when she meets Bridget, she's like, you know, I'm not really his niece. She's like, they never are, dear. Yeah. Bridget knows what's up. Bridget knows that. Yeah, she's got the. She, everyone she's else in that DL. hotel might be clueless about what's going on, but Bridget knows how many businessmen fly in and out of LA that need company for the night. Of course. <laughs> so I liked Bridget. She was great. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I got to say, speaking of Bridget and the outfits, I know it's the 90s, but what the hell was that neckline on that first dress? The the cocktail dress? You didn't like that? With like the weird, like, ec- up like the con- it continuously went up like with the weird straps yeah and then the huh. it was weird it was weird it was good to weird <laughs> but speaking of you said about why did she even get to go to that dinner the reason she went to that dinner uh-huh. is because julia roberts is so charming and she was just a delight in that scene from start to finish. Right. That's but, why that scene exists. But it's not to like show that off scene. What a, what a delight she is. But it's not like that scene at the end of the day, the old man is like, well, I'm happy you're taking over my company because he she's said, so delightful. Well, no, it, it, it swayed his opinion on Edward and it swayed Edward's opinion on Morse. So whatever it is stupid lawyer jason alexander is like bring a date so it seems more casual mm-hmm. and that's literally the only excuse for bringing her but really the reason is because julie roberts is charming and they just gotta show off that charm but it works they don't like each other like edward well edward admires morse but morse thinks edward is it because what edward does is he buys big companies that are failing and breaks them up into little companies and makes a shit ton of money off the sale. Yes. And I realize watching it this time is a capitalist pig. He's a dickhead. I wrote this down. I wrote him down that he's a dick. He really is. Like, and that's one of the things I definitely forgot about the movie is, yeah, it's a romantic comedy. Vivian is lifted out of poverty, lifted out of this job that, you know, Obviously, no one would, no one with sensibilities would wish to partake in, and she, blah, 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 right? Okay. Like, this is like, but that's the attitude, right? Going right, in, right. like, especially in 1990, like, he's rescuing her. I'm more laughing at your accent. You, <laughs> darling. But Vivian rescues him, too. Mm-hmm. From being a dick. From being a dick. <laughs> she opens his eyes that work and money is not all that exists in the world and he is better for it and i would say watching it at 16 years old that didn't seem as big of an importance to me as it definitely does now i don't want to say how old i am but old enough because i'm too old i feel like you've already said it on the podcast Uh, nobody's keeping track (laughs) i am look at my stats page (laughs) yeah (laughs) anyway Oh, also, when can I say so? Vivian gets a few shopping trips. She does, yes. When she comes back into the hotel, she comes back into the hotel and she's dressed beautifully and her hair's done. And she's got all these bags and she's got the concierge carrying, the bellboy carrying all the bags with her, and blah, blah. And all the heads of everybody who works, like Barney's like, 
into the phone like one moment and everyone looks at her as she walks by and you can just tell the the look on everyone's faces that whore cleans up nice and i'm just like <laughs> you tell us what they're going for and i'm just like of course she does it's julia roberts it's not a surprise she's beautiful uh-huh. she didn't walk into that place missing two teeth and a black eye she's beautiful from the get-go she just wasn't dressed for polite society mm-hmm. she's beautiful it wasn't not a surprise so anyway obviously as time goes on we see edward takes the first day off he's ever had in years yeah which this- is such a big but his timing for taking a day off as much as it's like important to the plot that he's like loosening up bad timing bad I timing see why jason alexander was so mad yeah bad timing like really he's in the middle of the biggest business deal he's ever had he's like i'm gonna go out and have a picnic where julia roberts picnic. takes my shoes off and then they're back on my feet. Yes, I caught that too. His freaking shoes disappear and then reappear. No, they don't disappear. No, no. You okay, so sorry. Take them off. She takes them off, and then they appear on his feet again immediately. Yeah, and then uh, they're off again. Like, <laughs> like I know continuity errors happen, but it was just so glaring. Yeah, like. Because the, they this, put the emphasis, they put on the emphasis on her taking his shoes off to show he's that she's all relaxed and blah blah. And then, bam, they're right back on. Like maybe it's showing how he can't shake his true nature so quickly. I, I, yeah. <laughs> just, they just suck right back on, and then right, <laughs> she shoots them off off camera. Yeah, just. <laughs> uh. But yes, they they go to a polo match together, and that's when Viv and. I gotta call him George Costanza. At this yeah, point. when Costanza starts Costanzing. <laughs> well, he finds out she is a oh, sex yeah, worker. And he starts to hire her. He wants to hire her in front of like basically. His wife. Oh, his wife is like standing right there. Yeah, his wife is Amy Yazbeck, who this is her second appearance on our, our movie. In pod. a row. No. She was in the mask. Yeah. That was my pick. Well, I guess it's technically two in a row that you that you've picked, yeah. So anyway, he like fawn is like so Edward told me what's up. Maybe I could hire your services. And she just like shuts down. And I'm just kind of like, this was one of those scenes that a little bit of communication fixes everything. And this is, that is one of my biggest gripes with all romantic comedies is they all do this thing where something happens. There's a misunderstanding. Nobody talks about it. They almost break up. Mm-hmm. And of course this movie is guilty of that too. Like, Literally, the situation is he realized he didn't have a cover story for how he met her. He had to tell his business partner, look, she's a sex worker. She's not a corporate spy. I picked her up random on the street. There's no way she could be actually working for these people. He has to explain that to her. And she just shuts down, which I mean, fair. She's emotionally very vulnerable. And she is very young. Mm -hmm. What is she in this movie? Like 22? I don't know. Like the character is supposed to be in her very, very early 20s. And Edward's obviously in his like 30s. That's the other thing. Anyway. Problematic. Boop, boop. So she she shuts down emotionally, which I mean, fair. That's realistic. Like, But on the other hand, it's like I'm trying to put myself in her mindset where like we, we've established she has not been a sex worker for very long. Yes. So, okay, maybe having someone, maybe she's forgotten that side, not forgot, but like suppressed, like letting herself believe that she's not for like a week, that she's not for, that she is part of, that she belongs in society and he just knocked her right back down. Right. So she's very upset about it. And 
they thankfully they reconcile, but she immediately hurts. She's like, I'm leaving, blah, blah, blah. Like, I can't, like, blah, blah, blah. And they thankfully they reconcile, of course, because that's what happens in these movies. But it is our first indication that Jason Alexander is not just a corporate pig, but a pig pig. Yeah. Pigs are actually really nice. Okay. Yeah. But they'll eat anything, though. Like bone. Anyway. anyway, so that's when we get our first indication that he is scuzzier than we thought. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we get our type. You could tell Viv and Edward are falling for each other and they're falling in love. And then she they've got like a day left of their contract together. Yeah. And she's packing up to get ready to go with all her new fancy clothes, which where is she going to put them? In this little apartment she shares with Kit, where is she going to wear them? She's going to put them in the mouse den. The mouse sorry, den. sorry, rat den. <laughs> it was that part of town. <laughs> yeah. It was like Skid Row. Yeah. It was not a good part of town. No, not at all. And that's when Jason Alexander shows up and Edward comes to her rescue. But man, Jason Alexander slaps the shit out of her. Yeah, he's really. It was a. There were two scenes in the movie that made me uncomfortable. Oh. That was one. Yeah, fair. And the other, the other one is just, you're going to laugh at this one. Okay. So the scene in the movie where she wakes up and he's not there. And then she goes downstairs to the lobby and he's playing the piano for the staff mm-hmm. or, or he's just playing the piano. Cause he's like, I'm rich and I can do what I want. Yeah, and the that's staff, more that. and the staff is, the is just sitting there. Yeah. And then he kicks them all out of the room and then they bang on the piano. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I forgot about what that. What the and, hell? And it was one of those things, again, because watching it when I was younger, it was like, ooh, how sexy, how romantic. Meanwhile, there's obviously security cameras in there. Those people who he just kicked out, they got to clean up that piano now. <laughs> like, oh my God, pianos are expensive. And you know that piano was not a cheap piano. No. He probably it was probably like Barney had it on his bill at the end of the friggin' trip. Do you think he even looks at those bills? His secretary is gonna get this bill. That's like you gotta fix our grand piano because you just all over it. And she didn't have any condoms on her right then. Nope. Terrible. Terribly uncomfortable. Yeah. But yeah, so he- Yeah, actually watching that scene this time, I was like <laughs> it was just uh, this yeah. is this is uh because anyone could have walked in at any time yeah yeah not as uncomfortable as uh you know jason alexander winding up and laying her out yeah that, that was, was little... that's that's uh but he gets kicked out and his business partner is like toodaloo yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't think he quite phrased it that way but <laughs> so like he says that basically, like Edward says, I'm the one who basically made you rich hiring you. Yes. And you, and know, you, you don't like doing this. You like because you like killing businesses. Yeah. You, you don't even like the money. You like destroying the thing other people have worked for. Mm-hmm. And that's when he offers. like, Well, he has offered like Viv, you know, like he's obviously he's fallen for Viv. He admits that to himself. But he's like, emotionally, all I can handle is. I'll get you a nice condo here in the city. And when I come out to LA for business, we'll be together. And when I'm not here, then I don't have to worry about you. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's not what I want. And he's like, well, that's all I got. So take it or leave it. And the emotional side of my brain says, Viv, you did the right thing. Don't stay with a man like that. 
the rational side of my brain is like, Vivian, this is the perfect relationship. He is super rich. Get that paper. You can do whatever you want when he's not there with that money and live your best life. Not because she she has said like her first time that she turned a trick, she cried. She doesn't want to do this, but she's like, it's okay now. Like it's like it pays the bills, but it's not her dream. Obviously, yeah. it's not a career that most women want to be in. They fall into it when they need to, and da 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 da. So it's very clear that she doesn't want to be doing this. Mm-hmm. She could get out of the lifestyle she doesn't want to be in. She could help her friend Kit. Yeah, because she basically leaves her in the gutter when she leaves. But she gives Kit the money after. She does, but you think Kit didn't, didn't just turn around and put that money into more drugs with Carlos? Probably. Yeah, as soon as she gave her that money, I'm like, oh, that's going up her nose. Yeah. <laughs> like, right away. Yeah, Kit was a bad roommate. No. But she she helped her out. Like, that was the thing. It was like, on one hand, but at the same time, did she actually help her out or was she like, I need someone to pay the rent, so. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, Kit was a bit of a a user mm-hmm. and not just like drugs but like a user of people yes so and, and like convincing her to turn tricks too and the whole thing is like so yeah. anyway be my roommate pay for my rent yeah be a sex worker with me it's not what you came here for but now this is what you're doing mm-hmm. the rational side of my brain is she was an idiot for turning it down like as a 30 odd year old woman <clears throat> I now say she made the wrong choice turning that offer. It worked out for her in the end, obviously. Because she got what she really wanted. She got what she comes up with. the He rides up on the white horse, which is a limo, and rescues her from the tower like her fantasy. Yeah. When when that happened, I was like, oh, that's yeah. smart. I like it. So it works out for her in the end. Obviously, like she, she negotiated. And I think Edward as a businessman appreciated her negotiation of like walking away from an offer that she wasn't happy with mm-hmm. and not settling for a bad offer. But again, Rosh side of me is like, Viv, honey. Take that money. Take that money, get that apartment, and just live your life. If he's in town one week a, a month, you are, uh, you're you living the life. Going on trips with him when he you know, wants you to go on trips and stuff. Honestly, like with his job and everything, she's probably going to see him no more, no less if she goes to live with him anyway. She probably would have ended up in the same spot anyway. Yeah, Just and not as quickly. Now here's the, so the, you know they they fall in love. Here's the thing though, how long do you think until Vivian and Edward's relationship? Because they're basing this permanent big relationship. He, she's obviously going to move in with him, and that's the whole thing. Yeah, go back to New York with him. The whole kid. How long of like? Because they have a vacation fling together essentially. Yes. A vacation does not a relationship make. How do you think? And they, they're very different people with very different wants and needs, very different personalities. How long till it fizzles out anyway? Yeah. That's, but that's, that's not the fantasy. We need to see Pretty Woman 2 where no. a little fallout. Don't, don't do a Pretty Woman Do a Pretty Woman 2 with Julie Roberts as she is now. And then we can find, and, and it's her and Barney. Just having dinner. That's it. The entire movie is just them having dinner and catching up I for two be, hours. It could be the opposite. Pretty Woman 2 could be. Oh, she's rich? Vivian. Or she's the Barney. Vivian's daughter. Okay. <laughs> Vivian and Edward's daughter. So we get to see Vivian and Edward's relationship, which. You I'm, just said it fizzled out. Well, I was saying, like, we get to see the relationship is like, we could see if it does or not. And then Vivian's daughter meets i don't know a gigolo (laughs) like i don't know what would be the 
I feel like they wouldn't go sex worker again. I feel like they would go like. He's like a bartender. No, he like. He's a Magic Mike guy. Yes. But he's like super free spirited and like smokes a ton of reefer. Do you think they call it Pretty Woman 2 or Pretty Women? They weren't little girls anymore. (laughs) They were pretty women. Little women. (laughs) Little women. There you go. We've, that's another movie we've written for Hollywood. Yeah, we just gotta get the right person listening to this podcast. Uh, so, anywho, no, I, in my heart, they've just stumbled upon each other. They're perfect person to balance each other out. Because Viv's like a free spirit. Edward is wound up so tight he could create diamonds if you shove coal up his butt. Okay. <laughs> and together, they maybe they balance each other out. So it's not terrible. Okay. My my fantasy is that they're together and they still love each other. Okay. Well, they did do Runaway Bride together a few years later. That's, that's, that's not the sequel to this movie. It was not nearly as charming either. No, I've seen that one actually. I saw that. I think I saw that at a drive-in. Oh. It's a lot of movies where I see like, oh, this was the other movie that, you know, uh, it was the, it was the two in one where it's like the first movies for kids and the second movies for the parents. Yep. So that's how I saw a lot of weird movies. Pretty sure that's how I saw Notting Hill as well. Notting Hill's great. I like Notting Hill. No, actually, you know what? No, Notting Hill was a, you're paying for the movie, you're paying for the food, I'll come. That, that was Notting Hill. <laughs> Notting Hill was like Pete, Hugh Grant being charming and uh-huh. Julia Roberts was charming. And it was very, and then it was English, so it was very charming. Uh-huh. It was very charming. Charming. How many more times can you say charming in this it's podcast? charming. All right. Well, Charmander. I, th- I think on that note, Charmander. <laughs> those are our thoughts. Critics in 1990 had their own thoughts on this movie. So, Laura, why don't you fill us in on some past reviews? <laughs> Charmander. <laughs> you gonna be okay? You gonna get there? Okay, so this movie uh-huh. has a much lower scores than I thought. Really? It has a 64% critical and a 68% audience score. And I feel like it gets some heat simply because it is a romantic comedy. And romantic comedies by nature are fairly flawed. Mm-hmm. So Richard Corliss of Time says, this is an old-fashioned assembly line movie making without the old panache. And my thought is, has he seen Julia Roberts? (laughs) I'm not even like a huge Julia Roberts fan. I'm not even like a Julia Roberts fan, but this movie? Yeah. Let's see why she became Julia Roberts. Makes sense. Makes sense. Derek Malcolm of the London Evening Standard said, it's all fairly unconvincing, but its heart is roughly in the right place. (laughs) Good times. And Roger Ebert said, the sweetest and most open-hearted love fable since The Princess Bride. Oh, there's Princess Bride again. I've never seen it. You've never seen Princess Bride. Wow. I'm going to throw out some like, big mistake, huge quote at me. <laughs> that, just go with that. I mean, <laughs> I, called it the right, I called the wrong movie Princess Bride tonight earlier. <laughs> and then I want to also add Julia Roberts was not, uh, the big winner from the movie, obviously. Not only did it launch her career. But she was nominated for her second Academy Award. She was actually nominated the year before for Steel Magnolias. No, another movie I haven't seen. Same, but she was nominated for supporting that and lead in this. And she won the Golden Globe for Actress in a Comedy. There you go. Fancy fun. 
I say fancy fun a lot on this podcast, I've noticed. Because a lot of these movies are fancy and fun. And fancy and fun. So speaking of fancy and fun, this was your movie. What do you think? Is it still, you said you were, the quest was to find out if it was a double for you. So that means you still liked it. I definitely, uh, I, uh, I had a lot of fun watching it. Uh-huh. It is by far the best romantic comedy I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like leaps. And you know what? It's been a long time since I watched it, at least five or six years. I'm pretty sure the last time I watched it was when we were living in our old apartment. And that was six years ago. So at least six years ago. So I'm going to give it a double. Yeah. This is by far, in my personal opinion, the best romantic comedy out there. And again, it's just, I was smiling through the whole thing. I had a ton of fun watching it. I laughed at the, like all the beats you're supposed to laugh at, genuinely laughed. It, it is just the most charming film. Like I was delighted watching it. That's good. And you? I had some problems with this movie. Fair. I had some problems with this I, movie. I mean, fair. But they didn't take away my enjoyment of this movie. I was charmed. I am going to give this a double butter. Wow! I had a feeling. Yeah, no, I, it was a good time. I, like, I get it. I didn't think, I didn't like Richard Gere really at all. But Richard Julia Gere's Roberts is the important, she's, the, she's the, the star of this movie. Like, it's, it's all about her. Like I, I really enjoyed the scenes with her and Barney. The Barney and and Viv scenes are like my, the best part of the movie. Yeah. And no, yeah, I, I had a I had a good time. Yeah, I like time. I I can one hundred percent see why she became after this like the biggest movie star in the world. Like she became Julia Roberts with this movie. She is just I said it before. She's luminescent in it. Like she just every scene she's in, you're just like, holy crap this woman is just you can't take your eyes off her yeah she's charismatic and she's pretty woman she's very pretty even with her really big mouth like it suits her <laughs> okay <laughs> i wish and that's, i wish i could get my hair to do what her hair does I, you for like the next five days i'm still trying like, to get my hair look like that it doesn't no matter what you would just turn to me and be like is it like julia roberts and i'd be like no honey, my stop. hair isn't that kind of curly it i wish not. It, it doesn't mine's like beachy curls and hers is like lion's mane but beautiful curls <laughs> i don't know how she does it there's just so much body anyway yeah well there you go so there you go double butters all around is what would you say out of all the romantic adult romantic comedies for women for women <laughs> i wouldn't even say this one is specifically for women but like the direct audience was women i mean i mean i've seen quite a few i mean i've seen runaway bride i've seen but where would my you- best friend's wedding and which which are all notting hill these are all julia roberts movies now that i think of she was like the queen she's done a lot of other stuff but she's kind of- I, yeah i've, but I've, where, I've would you, where would you rank this i would say of the romantic comedies i've seen for women this is probably the best one yeah yeah okay i'm just curious so anyway I'm I'm very impressed that uh, you uh, you enjoyed it as much as you did. I'm Show really me something worth watching, and I'll give it a double butter. Oh, <laughs> snap! Speaking of worth watching, oh yes, so that is going to do it for this week's episode. But next week it's my pick, and next week we will be looking at RoboCop. <laughs> He's like dove right into just that. right into it. I am surprised we didn't watch RoboCop sooner. RoboCop is one of is my third favorite movie. Yeah, and I've been holding off as we did with Jurassic Park. I've been holding off and picking my favorites because I know they're automatic double butters, and you know, for me, and that's not as an entertaining. 
Why I chose this at this time, it's a really stupid reasoning, but I will tell you the reasoning. The episode will, this episode will air by the day that that we post the episode on July 20th, which is the day after my birthday. RoboCop was number one on my birthday. That's the stupid reasoning I came up with. That's the reasoning. I was like, oh, RoboCop, because RoboCop's been in my my little Rolodex for a while as one that I, I go through and I'm like, oh, maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll do it. And then for whatever reason, I was looking at it and I'm like, oh, that was number one on my birthday. What is the episode nearest to my birthday? My pick? Yes, it is. That will be RoboCop. There you go. There you go. So RoboCop. I have to pick something that will balance out RoboCop. <laughs> that will balance out RoboCop. Now, here's the real question. Do we watch the R-rated cut or the unrated cut? Unrated. There's very little difference, except there's more blood. Unrated. Unrated it is. Are there more boobies? I don't believe so. It was the 80s. You got a way of boobies in the 80s. There's a way more. There, there's, I mean, there's boobies in the regular cut, but uh, yeah, way more blood in the unrated cut. I'm excited for you. <laughs> but you should be excited for you. But look forward to that next week for this episode of Burn Popcorn. I am Mike. I'm Laura. And we'll talk to you guys again. Uh, soon. Bye-bye.